0: Hello everybody. What's today? It's, it's Tuesday. And I'm Del Sure, Shores. go with that.
1: I'm Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching the Dell and
0: Emerson show. Straight talk. Real gay and a little loopy, apparently. I I, I haven't even started drinking. I just I was like, what is today? It's I knew it was Tuesday or Friday because that's when we do this show. Tuesday yeah. or
1: Friday. Always um, a good guess. I know well lately it feels like you know if you don't stop drinking,
0: you don't have to figure out when to start. Uh, that's the truth. I do have some rules about it though during the yeah I, I'm like, no, I'm not gonna be starting in the morning. Um, okay, I okay so noon no, I don't even start And you don't drink so you you just like uh, make us all look bad. Um, I, I start around six. oh <laughs> yeah, it's always been that for me. Uh, The other day, um, I was talking to uh, a friend and I told him, Ann Walker, I was going to have to go out and do some social distance visiting with the cast because we were getting all these things signed for that auction. So I drove uh, out to Bumfuck, California, where Ann lives. She lives way out there in Valley. Valley Street which I, but I hadn't seen her. And oh, it was so good to see her. She's wearing a muumuu and big old sunglass. She did like the drag queens, you know, at bingo on the cruises where they go, no, I'm not putting on the face. So right. she that bit in a cowboy hat. And um, I said, and I can come at 10 or six. And she said, oh, come at six so we can drink. <laughs> yeah. A friend of mine goes, you can't drink at 10?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can, no judgment in this lockdown yeah. quarantine life, I'm not judging how everybody's getting through. How are you getting through? Are you getting through okay? I mean, real honestly, no, yeah. you know, we talked about it and I keep talking about it cause I think it's important to talk about, but real honestly, my mental health stuff, I've got a doctor's appointment on Monday. Don't y'all worry. But I've been describing it this way. I'm riding really high. Like it's very, like, you know, when the water levels right at the edge and, you drop something in and it spills over, sitting up. But I'll tell you, doing this show and chatting with y'all and having this place to talk about the things we think are important or ridiculous
0: is one of the things that really is getting me through. I love doing this. Yeah, I, I do too. I look forward to it. But I'm the same way. I, You know, there's this thing called uh, Sundowners, um, and it's like an Alzheimer's that. Old people go crazy as the sun starts going down. No, it's a a real thing. Google it. You don't not believe you. Sundowner syndrome or something like that. I sort of have, I'm good. I'm good. I wake up and I'm a little bit anxious when I take that first walk and put the mask on. And then in the evening when it's all over, like after this, after this, I'll start winding down, although I have a few things to do still. And I'm like, shit, I'm here again. You know, yes, I'm um, well house here. We are again,
1: suck. but here we are again with all of you. Thank you so much for joining us. Whether you're watching us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Periscope, on Twitter, we appreciate it. Please feel free to share the broadcast. Um, Sundowners was the name of a club that we went to in high school when I lived in Singapore because you could drink if you were 18 and up. And this is oh. a hole in the wall bar. That's why I was giggling at the name. It was like I was the good little Baptist boy, out in the international world, and going to a a club, a, a janky bar, really, for the first time. Sundowners.
0: Oh, so. it's it's a, it's a good it's a good name for a bar. The Sundowners. Meet me at Sundowners.
1: <clears throat> well, it was a holiday weekend. How was yours? How was everybody's at home?
0: Um, are, I guess you're asking me since I yeah. uh, the dialogue here. Well, my- me-
1: you are the other, since you <laughs> are the other hostess
0: here. I don't know. I'm so silly lately. It was okay. I mean, it was like, first of all, um, where's Gracie Louise? I have to show her at some point. She, I have three dogs, as many of you know, the three little bitches. Two of them couldn't give a shit about those fireworks. They just Mm -hmm. laid down and it's okay. Oh, what's that? What's that? Gracie was terrified. That's your dog. Um, Yeah. For some reason, Gracie loves Emerson, um, and uh, she was just so so scared, and so I was having to do all this stuff. And it, I don't know about over where you are, Emerson, but I have never heard it like this. I mean, it went on until like three in the morning. It was crazy. Yeah. These fireworks, and I was definitely and-
1: still hearing until three a.m. as well. I felt like for me that it was like a lot of like letting off. Steam. I know it's terrible for pets, and that's something I didn't have to think about growing up. When we had our little cul-de-sac parties, we sure did run out to the middle of the cul-de-sac and set them off. Um, but it felt like the city, the country—that there was a lot more, and it was almost like a weird metaphorical, spiritual, like release
0: of like pent up everything. Yeah, I think I so. Uh, but you, you know, you you said something about um people who have stupid accident with fireworks and i was telling yeah. you, that, you know don't don't alcohol your hands and then light a sparkler that's not a good idea so i went down this rabbit hole and i started reading about all of these things that had happened on um i almost said halloween on july the the fourth and my well it's not i was going to say my favorite but that shows you how thick and twisted i am some guy Built this uh, hole and put a big old bottle rocket in it, and then he lit it, and it didn't go off. So he looked in the hole, and the bottle rocket blew off his head. His head came off. You know, I have a
1: problem with church laughter at unexpected endings. <laughs> I know. It's like I didn't
0: see that coming. <laughs> we did. We write a line like neither that? did he. <laughs> yes so he he built this thing you know and put the big old bottle rocket oh i've got to you know put it in a big old hole and then he goes like this bam head goes off
1: every year i've threatened to go sit outside the emergency room in a lawn chair to just watch the watch this roll in i say, like, i i guess that taught him <laughs> <laughs> michael said i have a neighbor who's in the military i was concerned for him you know I never gave a thought to like people with PTSD and pets and all of that growing up. And like, I'm definitely now on the thing of like stick to the big professional fireworks. Don't try this at home.
0: Well, we always have it. You know, I live right by the Hollywood bowl. So I always had the privilege of walking out and seeing this amazing display, but they didn't have that this year. They just had random people all over. All right. And then, and then more of the weekend, I did do some social uh, visiting. I, 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 very carefully, saw Newell and Rosemary, I saw Ann Walker, I saw my friend Ed Barron, and, and it was nice, and I saw Debbie Holiday. So it was really nice just to see people that I loved and adored. Always weird not to be able to hug people though.
1: Yeah, and we watched the Disneyland fireworks that are recorded on YouTube and then Macy's. And you know, we in the bigger picture of all of this that we're talking about, certainly in my own wide privileged history the fourth of july was always a really fun we did a neighborhood parade my parents sang and acquired World that became six flags and so i know all the verses to every patriotic song ever existed and i i, I honestly had a really new consideration this year for what the fourth of july means to other people in our country you know what that means to black people who definitely were not free on july 4th like what that this 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 patriotism we talk about as we keep working on all of these issues has to include everyone. It has to get to where everyone can feel good about the goals of our country and who it's fighting for. I, I'll i be honest that that weighed a lot more on me this year mm-hmm. than I would have thought about before um, as as being sure that our celebrations recognize other people's pain and that we get to where it feels like something worth celebrating to everybody. Yeah,
0: on well, the third, I did watch Hamilton with my daughter Rebecca and that was rather amazing. I mean, and it's just exquisite. It's, I, you know, I, I actually tweeted him. I thought, you know, every now and then you tweet a celebrity and they'll like it. He did not, he did not like my tweet, but he really is. He truly is uh, kind of out of this world talent to me. It's It's ridiculous how talented uh, he, I I just couldn't get over it. I mean, the performance, the everything, the whole cast was just crazy good. It's all
1: exquisite, but that transition from helpless into satisfied, where the show rewinds and tells the second layer of the story, is such a brilliant use of what theater can do to add the storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I love it. Victor used to work at Astroworld, where I always went growing up. I've used Astro Glide, but I don't. It's the that. same, <laughs> um, but I feel like it does sort of um, recreate the sense of being on a roller coaster. So maybe it's related. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's save that other thing for the end of the show. And I'm going to go on to this story since it relates. Um, <clears throat> because our first story, y'all, we talked about it before we knew it would happen. We knew the holiday weekend would show some of the worst and stupidest of humanity. And it did. Before we talk about this, straight people were obviously just as bad, flooding beaches all over the country. But a big focal point for our community was Fire Island. Videos and pictures of maskless, shirtless partiers packed on beaches at homes, flooded social media. And hold on, I have a photo, because I'm trying to be good at this... at the thing. Look at that. Just just morons packed in together not worrying about anybody but themselves just i need a break just let me get out
0: mm, doesn't I, that just make I, your brain bleed it's just it, it 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 made me so angry and you know just um and i want i want there were two two guy two guys in
1: particular became the focal points so to speak of the backlash One had posted an Instagram story of a bunch of guys on a beach by him saying, I want a Kiki, but my body says, nope, not yet. Thought the COVID was gone. As people flooded his social media, he posted a ranting video saying, Everyone knows I had COVID. I sat in my fucking bedroom and quarantined myself for eight fucking days and suffered through COVID. Now I'm out celebrating. So fuck yourself. I hope all of you get fucking COVID, you nasty, nasty troll. Wow. He has since clarified in an apology video that he fell ill on the 22nd of June, got tested on the 30th, and still doesn't have the results back. So he doesn't actually know whether he had it or not, uh, but nonetheless went out. And then there was a second one that was, he's sort of a like bonkers QAnon, anti-vaxxer, MAGA, gay, who posted with captions saying, fuck your mask, fuck your social distancing, fuck your vaccine, fuck your eugenics, kiss my asshole if you think I'm an ass. Now, a comment on his photos seemed to be from his brother because it said... Find a new home because you're not welcome at the one you currently live at. Complete disrespect for mom and dad's life, both who are weak. Mom has chemo on Friday and you're out doing this shit. Now, I don't wow. really want to obsess over these two because I feel like it gets into that social media thing where we it feels fun to pulverize one person. But I put up that photo to remind us dozens and dozens and hundreds and hundreds and thousands across the country of people did this. So sure, it feels good to go after one, uh, but lots of our fellow community members uh, did this, and lots of people all across the country did this. And I wanna share uh, what Cleve Jones said, because he said it is good or better than I could. You know, the activist and icon, he created the AIDS Memorial quilt. He said, words rarely fail me, but I can't express the depth of my anger and disgust I feel towards many of the younger people, and some older, in my own community today. You who are so self-absorbed, so nonchalant in your irresponsibility, so arrogantly ignorant and selfish. The last pandemic killed half of my generation of gay men. They died hideously. Are you not aware of that history? Right now, we desperately need our young people to lead the way, to defeat Trump, fight racism, protect our democracy, and save the planet, then we can meet and drink and party the night away again, but not now, not today, not with infection rates skyrocketing and hospitals overflowing. How many will die before you wake the fuck up? You break my heart.
0: Yeah, and it, you know, I mean, it, it, we're seeing these examples of, I mean, today we hear that the, the president of Brazil, who's been such an asshole, just like Trump has been an asshole, had tested positive. So it's going to hit, and in Trump's, uh, what, You know, Gavin Newsom's ex-wife, who's now with Donald J. Trump Jr., uh, tested positive. And then Nick Cordero, who fought for 90 days, passed away and left that little boy and that beautiful wife who loved him so much. And I just, you know, when I tweeted out about Nick dying, I just like, fuck all of you who are disrespecting the memory of all of those people who didn't want it, who fought hard as you don't wear masks. Just wear a fucking mask, people. It's like, what? how hard is that?
1: Um, Ashley said, three big pool parties here in Dallas with so many queens and no masks. And it's because of stories like this. Jay says, I've known six people who died from it already. You know, there's an arrogance and a narcissism to think, one, I'm above the rules. Two, I'm tired. I just need a break. I just wanna like do something. Um, and Or three, to be like, well, I you know it hasn't affected me, so I don't feel like it's a big
0: deal. Yeah, well, in Dallas, I mean, in Dallas and Texas, today is their biggest day. Over 11,000 people today alone, uh, not deaths, but ha- have tested positive. So, and that's where we're, we're, I want to work next. You know, we're, we need to go to Texas. I mean, we're... Oh, it just makes me crazy.
1: Well, and I think it's on, you know, it's back on all of us to to hold our friends and our neighbors accountable. You know, we don't all need to attack the one same stupid twink on Instagram because they're just a symptom of a wider problem. But we can hold the people accountable, be uncomfortable with our neighbors, be uncomfortable with people at the, when we have to go to the grocery store or to get, you know, toiletries at the Rite Aid. Being uncomfortable with people in our actual sphere of orbit is more influential than, you know, 100,000 of us attacking one person on Twitter because, like, they get it and they're just one. You know, we can do. I'm trying to do that, to hold myself accountable, to be uncomfortable with people when I'm in public, you know? It's the least I can do for my neighbors. You
0: away for me. don't for me, goddammit.
1: Yeah, I mean, and not, you know, we don't need to, like, scream and yell and whatever, but, like, to be a concerned citizen of... There's a $300 fine in West Hollywood. Do you know that? Is there a mask? Do you need a mask? I may start carrying an extra one so that I can start it from a positive place. Maybe they don't
0: have one. Maybe they don't know, you know. Whoa, you could get get like those blue ones. You can order them in bulk. You may just- Yeah, in fact, I'm saying
1: that now. I am going to start carrying an extra one in my pocket so I can start that encounter with a stranger from a positive place. Hey, did you know? And here, do you need one? I have an extra. Rather than starting it from-
0: you know, mean. Does that make sense? I, it does. I have it very different. But, you know, when I see somebody, some neighbor of mine who lets their dog shit on the yard, I go, oh, do you need a poop bag? Yes. You know, oh, I, are, you, are you out?
1: Yep. Just embarrass them. I'm going to work at like trying to bring them in. And then if they turn out to be stupid, let them have it.
0: You know what? Uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll go on Amazon or wherever I could go after this and, and order a bunch, too. I like that idea. That's a good idea, Emerson.
1: You know, my big thing is how can we engage with each other? And of course, it feels fun to like, but I don't need to be in a viral video. I don't want to be a part of a viral video for that. So I'm going to try positive engagement uh, for my
0: personal. <laughs> also, because that's uncomfortable. The mask, the mask nurse Just here, here. Like yes. Nurse. Nurse Nightingale or whatever. let's
1: hold let's hold the people we encounter accountable
0: that's why yeah. i like that all right well in other news at a and this is this is such a sad story at a black lives matter protest in seattle over the weekend a driver of a white jaguar deliberately ran into protesters on the i5 freeway at the time of the attack the on ramps uh, to i5 had been closed for 19 days to minimize Injuries between cars and protesters, but the driver was able to get onto the highway driving the wrong way on an exit ramp and then swerving around a barricade of vehicles. Uh, A 24-year-old non-binary activist, Summer Taylor, was hit and killed. And another protester, Diaz Love, remains in serious condition, still in ICU. The driver was arrested by authorities and has since been charged with two counts of vehicular uh, assault. Uh, He is denied bail. Uh, He was denied bail. And the police believe he had been drinking alcohol prior to the incident. A GoFundMe page was set up to cover Taylor's medical expenses Um, since going live the page. uh, uh, When Emerson, when you gave me this uh, article, I think you said sixty five thousand. I checked it. A, a few hours actually before we went live, it was already over $72,000. So it's uh, uh, the organizer said they will be working with Summer's family on where to direct the funds.
1: And uh, you know, it's, it's so important. It's once again, you know, the protests have fallen out of the news, but I get notifications every day on my Instagram from a account that there's multiple protests around the city every day. People are still Uh, trying to hold our officials and our police departments accountable and to think that, you know, they, some are I'm not sure what their pronouns are being non-binary, but that they went out to do this, uh, putting their life on the line anyway, and then lost their life in support of this cause because of the reckless actions of one person. It's, It's so devastating. And then keeping the eye on, you know, that how the attacks are coming on so many fronts from so many places In international news, two LGBTQ bars in France were vandalized with swastikas over the weekend. Local elected official Boris Jamais Fonnier tweeted a picture of the downtown Paris gay bar Cox with swastikas painted on early morning calling, Monday morning, sorry, calling the graffiti a reminder that the fight against intolerance has never ended. And then across town, the assistant director of the Banana Cafe that was also tagged said the graffiti happened in the middle of the afternoon while the bar was closing, but he was caught on security camera, the vandals wearing ski masks. Now the mayor of Paris definitely uh, condemned it saying these messages of hate and homophobia don't have a place in Paris. But I think, you know, the bravery, the boldness of that, right? That it didn't happen in the middle of the night. It happened in the middle of the day. You know, our culture, certain kinds of, certainly our president and many leaders are creating an environment where bigots feel really comfortable and free Ah, uh, to espouse these beliefs in the middle of the daytime. So we are fighting on many fronts
0: all over the world. And by the way, uh, Emerson, when you read that, when you re- if you hear that uh, the name of that bar Cox, it's actually C O X. I just yes, it's a nice wink. Uh, wink. Wink, wink. And 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 because of that story and because of this story, I pulled out a vintage T-shirt of yours, Emerson that I love so much. So uh, I think it applies uh, unfortunately to so many uh, today and all of these Karen stories that are just coming out. And this latest one, uh, uh, Sonya Holt was filmed at an Independence Day event in Elizabethton, Tennessee, as her group of Confederate flag waivers came to clash with Black Lives Matter Activist in this 4th of July edition of Karen's in the Wild, she can be seen at the <laughs> edge of a barricade between her side and protesters yelling, You're fat. And I'm going to do her accent because I went and watched it. Oh my God, no. it's so redneck. Like, I just took me right home. Your family's stupid and you're stupid. You're a piece of shit. You want to fight with me? come across that line. Come across that line, fag boy. Uh, A woman on her side tells her to calm down and she turns on her and says, she's not really a white person. She's on your side. And then before continuing, she she goes, you're a gay homosexual piece of crap who's going to burn in hell. Air that. Same woman was recorded at the event on a different video and she's she's chanting and uh, she says, white lives matter white lives matter you black twisted crazy person you're just a poor little black girl who's got a messed up mind white lives matter white lives are better it's just horrifying and 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 you know it's it, it could be. Funny, maybe somebody laughed when I'm doing that, but I wasn't too far off with the way she was, I mean, it, it, there was so much hate and there was so much, like, I don't give a shit. And one of the, um, one of the protesters kept saying, uh, uh, hey, Karen, do you have a job? And she's like, what's he tell you? And he goes, you're not going to after this. But she had no fear, not one ounce of fear. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, that she was
1: happy to like get right up in the camera and proudly say that you know obviously like that's not the kind of person whose mind we're chasing changing but it is that kind of person's influence right that we want to diminish like i think about does she have kids you know is that are there kids in a home that she's teaching that attitude to you know it goes beyond uh this aggressive racism uh, from someone like her, and just the willingness to proudly say it at a camera, like show people this is who I
0: am with pride. Um, there's something. Obviously with, yeah, I want to talk to you about just a little bit because, you know, there was, it wasn't just her, and it was, um, it, she had like a sidekick, this skinny, this skinny redneck looking man who is also sort of chanting the same things. And there's such this, Thing about Karens, you know, it's been such a thing that I sometimes think that some of the male bigots are getting ignored a little bit, and I wonder if it's a little, I, you know, not that I'm defending the Karens at all, but I'm the I, I, people are going after females more than males. That's my point. And there's just yeah. males that are doing. I mean, yes.
1: Certainly, I'm sure you could speak to like some cultural misogyny that it feels easier or safer with a woman ranting, whereas a man ranting might you might feel more physically in danger. So there's less video. Right. uh, That kind of situation. Um, But yeah, it's it's it the degree to which it's almost a parody of itself does not lessen the like danger of the impact um, of that attitude. So, yes, certainly uh, there are men everywhere like the next one we're going to talk about. And see the thing is, and what's what's really terrifying and a kind of a lot of I think what we're talking about too in the in the cultural movement moment right now about Black Lives Matter is that's actually the easy racism to point out, right? like it's easy and it's obvious, it's the microaggressions, it's the smaller moments, it's the, oh, you're so articulate. Oh, can I touch your hair? It's the like insidious, oh, we like them. We just don't really, you know, we just well, It's just, why would they want to live in our neighborhood? You know, there's, there's not many of them here. It's, it's, it's that kind of lower level racism that also is harder to fight. That many of us are far more guilty of having engaged in at some point without being aware of it. Um, And then we got big old bigots like this photographer in Norfolk, Virginia, who has filed a preemptive lawsuit against Virginia's new LGBTQ plus rights law, saying it would force him to go against his Christian beliefs by serving same-sex weddings. The Virginia Values Act, which bans discrimination based on sexual orientation, gender identity, in housing, public and private employment, public accommodations, and access to credit, which is really important, went into effect last Wednesday. Well, this photographer's business would be considered a public accommodation because it's photography. He's represented by the Alliance Defending Freedom. Y'all, we've talked about them a lot. They did the Baker in Colorado. They're always jumping on board for people that want to poke at anti-LGBTQ plus clients. The suit claims he faces an impossible choice, violate the law and risk bankruptcy, promote views against his faith, or close down frankly, I'm fine with those choices. And this was exactly what Virginia officials wanted for those who hold his religious beliefs. Legislators who passed the Virginia's law called views like Chris's bigotry and sought to punish them with unlimited punitive damages to remove them from the public square. I got to be honest, the way the Alliance Defending Freedom just articulated that, I say, yes, that is exactly our point. If your religious beliefs are bigoted, they should not be a shield for you to discriminate against people. But Herring serves LGBTQ clients for his brand and adventure shoots, but says photographing same-sex couples' weddings would make a statement against his belief, therefore violating his First Amendment's right. He wants to post a message on his website saying he would not serve these weddings because of my faith. I can only photograph consistent with who I am and what I believe. I can only photograph what celebrates God's creation and design for the world, I won't photograph ceremonies that contradict God's design for marriage as something between one man and one woman. I mean, he just wants to put it on the billboard out front. I'm a bigot. Don't come in. Here we go. A spokesperson for the Virginia attorney general said he believes every Virginian has the right to safe and free from discrimination, no matter what they look like, where they come from or who they love. And he looks forward to defending the act in court against these attacks.
0: See, so, I, mean, I just want to know what these adventure shoots are that he photographed. I know,
1: a whitewater rafting, maybe some hiking in the hills. So how as long as you're that? two homos and you don't hike with a swish,
0: he'll take your photograph. Or, or could you, how about some naked hiking? Will he Will he do that? Will he uh, photograph some naked hiking? Can we
1: go to Virginia and just press them and see how far into this adventure shoot? Now I want to do an OnlyFans shoot out of here in the wild. Is that OK? Could
0: shoot, yeah. Could you shoot me? OK, we're not married. We are not married. This is guy. Just roommate. Night. I just roommate. Night. Can you shoot us naked? Just kind of kissing. Is that, is that against your religious beliefs or is it just if we get married? And I like
1: would- man, if, it's, if I keep it soft.
0: Is that OK? Well, that would be difficult. I was going to say that would be hard. Uh, so, all right. I love the way you've titled this next story. Am I the asshole? I just said yes immediately. When I read this, I just said yes. Usually, yes, usually. Yes, I, I usually am. Uh, there is a subreddit uh, called, uh, please tell me what a subreddit is. What is that? Just a-, a When you subreddit? go on Reddit, every little
1: message board has a title. Reddit's the big thing. Subreddits are like, this
0: is oh, about RuPaul's okay. Drag Mm-hmm. All right. I'm not a big Reddit person, but I do love these stories. I may need to start. Uh, but it's uh, the subreddit is called Am I the Asshole, where people write in stories to find out if they're wrong. A mother wrote in to ask about not paying for her daughter's wedding. Uh, so she, she said that she and her husband had been saving for their daughter's uh, college fund since she was born. But when she got a scholarship that covered most of her expenses, They had about 20 grand left over and they offered to simply give it to her. This is very important, y'all. But the daughter said, No, don't give it to me. Please save it for my wedding. And they said, Done deal. Okay. So then she explains about four years later, my daughter came out as a bisexual and started dating a girl. This shocked us a lot because we never saw her as the type. Uh, She says they were really, really upset because we love the idea of having a husband and her having a family and grandchildren for us. We thought it was just a phase. But four years later, they're still together and they got engaged last month. When the daughter started planning their wedding budget, uh, they factored in the money. That had been set aside. Now, please keep in mind, at one point, they were just going to give it to her. But she said, hang on to it for my wedding. Mm -hmm. um, When consulted, the mother said that they were now using the money for renovations. Uh, She continued, we were up front and said we agreed for her to use that money under the assumption she was marrying a man. Her girlfriend got very upset and uh, started calling us homophobic. And my daughter just sat there letting her go on go off on us. Then my daughter said, That money was mine, and I had all I had planned to use it towards the wedding. Now, the mother says, I respect same-sex couples. It is just not what I wanted for my daughter. I think she is being very ungrateful. But my other daughter has now turned on us as well and said that we are terrible parents. I am not homophobic. I respect same-sex couples. It's just not what I wanted for my daughter. Yes, you are an asshole.
1: Correct. I feel like it was just a flood of you are an asshole. You know what I want to know? What was the renovation? What were they going to do? Were they turning the shed into an Airbnb room? Were they remodeling the bathroom?
0: I think uh, it was a kitchen. I think it was a the kitchen. they got like some tile backs like a back you know splash just those little bitty a uh, little seeing, backslash the little tiles. the little ones with that were they're black and and wide, I'm seeing and that cost about five thousand and they said, no, we're not going to IKEA, not for the cabinets. and then she saw this new range that was fifty four hundred dollars that she had to have uh-huh. So, See how Uh fast I can build a story. (laughs) Yes. Well, and I don't know
1: what I was going to say. Somebody asked, where do these stories come from? Y'all, I get all of our news from the Advocate, from Queerty. They do the deep dives, and then I use it as a launching point for us to talk about. And I will say, you know, the comedy of that aside, that's actually a perfect example of what I was just talking about. You know, it's ha-ha funny. But that's the kind of like microaggression against our community, right? Like, oh, I don't have a problem with same-sex marriage. I just don't want it for my child. It's just like white people said, I don't have a problem with Black people. I just don't want my daughter to date one. You know, it's the, that's the more insidious kind that's harder to fight because the person talking thinks that they don't have a problem. You know, I'm not homophobic. We just wanted you to be with a man so we could have grandkids.
0: That's all. Yeah. it's. it's you know, I wrote the, my third play was called Daughters of, of the Lone Star State. And I would preface a lot of statements that were, I don't have a racist bone in my body. I do not have a prejudiced bone in my body, but, you know, and then the but would come. Yeah. They don't, I mean, why would they live in our neighborhoods? They, they like each other. They should live in there, you know, that kind of stuff. That we heard yeah. all of our lives.
1: Yeah. And well, it's like, this is not on the, but I read a long story about this town called Bethel that a group of people, it's a town of 2000, a couple of them just wanted to have a demonstration, they called it, not a protest. They didn't want to upset people. And the town got flooded by all these people from out of town uh, who said, We don't want Antifa in our town. And the demonstrators, the woman who was a teacher said, I'm looking at neighbors I've known my whole life screaming in my face. You know, when, when you poke at our possible racism, our possible transphobia, our possible homophobia, that, that instinct to go, no, I'm not, instead of look at how something you did or said could be, could have been, having to do with myself, looking at jokes I've made, thinking, oh, I thought I was being smart and funny making a joke about racism, but it was a lazy joke and it's really just sort of racist. Like, it's not a good enough joke. We have to be able to look at the things when somebody says, this is that, rather than go, no, it's not, go, why is it for that person? How can I
0: do it differently? How can I let that go? And my yeah, up, Emerson, there's one thing that I think that a lot of people, it's, it, you, we, we were silent sometimes. And I, it's the one thing that I, I mean, you, you know, I, I do speak up and I have spoken up, but I, I, to, I do evaluate a lot of things that I heard, should I have said something? Yes. I I remember when we played the Majestic in Dallas and um, we were working with this guy, I won't say his name in Palm Springs, uh, Joe W. And he called me to warn me about this uh, manager of the Majestic in Dallas. And he said, you better watch that. And he used the N word. And I said, whoa, Joe, you are not allowed to use that word ever to me. And he yeah. said, he said, Oh, I don't mean nothing. By it. He was from uh, Georgia. He said, I don't mean nothing by it. I just, I use it because I, I'm taking that power back. And I'm like, fuck you. You are not taking any power away from that word. You are fueling the power of that word. And I told him, I said, if you ever use that word again in front of me, I will never speak to you again. And he did. And I haven't. So yeah.
1: Well, and that's a big part of the whole, like being actively anti-racist, right? It doesn't mean we're gonna be perfect. I'm still gonna make mistakes, but it's not just, oh, I'm gonna stop doing or thinking racist things. It's like cha- also challenging it as we encounter it. I definitely have done it before where someone I didn't know or something and somebody said something, a weird thing at a party and you're like, I'm walking away from this conversation, staying and being the person who says that's not okay. So it's not left to the black person, the my, the marginalized person, the trans person, to hold that person, to, to do the thing that's uncomfortable when it's not about us and say, that's not an okay attitude. That's not an okay joke. I'm working at being anti-racist is an active
0: thing. It's not a passive doing better. Well, I think that this movement, and, and you know I, I know that this is not even in our script today, but I think this movement is important for, for many, many reasons. But I think for that reason that we must speak up. We cannot just walk away. We have to speak up. Yeah, well, do
1: better ourselves, make our community, the people that we can influence, do better. Um, wait, oh, the, somebody gave us a compliment. Bobby Sargent said, this is the first time I've listened to the two of you. You are amazing. Well, welcome Bobby, thank oh, you. Hi,
0: Bobby. Oh, by the way, Emerson, I was gonna ask, and I I did go to the chat room for a second, when you were doing the story, there is a, uh, the word Chad. I was saying, what's the male Karen? And several people, Dean and, and someone else said it was, uh, uh, that it was a uh, Chad.
1: Oh good, You know that? there you go. And if you are enjoying the show, we do do this to inform you, to entertain you. We spend the time putting it together. So if you're somebody sitting at home on a pile of money and you've donated to everything you can think of and want to donate a little to us to keep doing this, because I'm a poor artist doing this, because I don't have anything to do. Uh, you can send us a tip if you want on Venmo, at Emerson Collins, or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. And I will split those tips with Delford, I promise. Thank you so
0: much. I always, it's I, in the I always, scroll. I always wonder if it would help at this point uh, with that commercial, if I just brought up a dog.
1: Be <laughs> <laughs> like, now buy more bags for the dogs. Yes. Um, a quick fun thing, because you know I look for, I, I really do look to make sure we cover a lot of different aspects of our community and the stories. And I don't find bisexual stories as often. So I wanted to celebrate this. Nicholas Petrica, I'm not sure how you say his name. He's the lead singer of the rock band Walk the Moon. Now, you probably know them best for that song from five or six years ago. Shut up and dance with me. But is my destiny. You know that song? I love that song. Yeah. Well, he shared this on Instagram right at the end of Pride Month wearing a Wizard of Oz t-shirt. Hi, my name is Nicholas. I'm the lead singer of a band called Walk the Moon and I'm bisexual. Today is the last day of Pride Month and I think it's time that I said that. My whole life I've passed for a normal person, a cisgender straight guy, and this has afforded me a life of privilege. Virtually no name calling or bullying or hardship around my sexuality really at all. My heart is with so many LGBTQ plus human beings who have had a much more challenging experience than than I have. I believe what Harvey Milk said, I'm paraphrasing, That when the collective as a whole, when people as a whole realize that we are everywhere, that we are your children, that we are your mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters, that we have been with you and among you and are you and have been this whole time, that's the moment when the myths, the bullying and the inequality end. I hope you have the best year of your life. I love you and happy fucking Pride. So yay for some bisexual visibility. Yes, yes. Um, All right. uh, Wait, isn't it so exciting? We have new people. I mean, y'all, we love doing this and we love our hardcore group and even another one. Linda, I've seen you two before when you were
0: interviewing Leslie Jordan. So, yay. Welcome, new people. Yes, welcome. Tell everybody, tell come join us because, you know, we we can talk. We can talk and we can jaw. <laughs> so, uh, and we have opinions. We have a few opinions. So um, many. So last year, calls were made for Mark Chambers to resign as mayor of Carbon Hill, Alabama, I love how you just give me all these old bigots to talk about. Well, I
1: try to give you the fun bigots and the southern, you know, accent I opportunities.
0: You're a good. I, I love doing those. That Tennessee woman a while ago. You could you can't write that monologue better, uh, uh, or worse. Uh, I love, but he, he. So anyway, this this asshole, uh, Mark Mark Chambers, shared a graphic reading. He goes, "We live in a society where homosexuals lecture us on morals." transvestites lecture us on human biology, baby killers lecture us on human rights, and socialists lecture us on economics. In response to a comment on the post, he wrote, the only way to change, it would be to kill the problem out. I know it's bad to say, but without killing them out, there's no way to fix it. So that wasn't enough, apparently, but in June, the University of Alabama football team posted an anti-racism video featuring several players and head coach Nick Saban discussing the need for people to listen and to learn from each other. And they closed with this slide. All lives can't matter until black lives matter. Well. Chambers took to Facebook to say that he would be selling his photos of the Alabama players. When someone commented that the team hadn't played well in recent years, Chambers responded, their sorry ass political views is why they're getting out of my house. When you put black lives before all lives, they can kiss my ass. Chambers then turned in a letter of resignation Saturday reading, I quit the job of mayor effective June 27th at 4.30 p.m. The city council held an emergency meeting Wednesday and they accepted his resignation.
1: Like, first of all, that it wasn't enough when he said you should kill queer people, basically. And this isn't, you know, Sonia the Karen at a barricade. This
0: is a mayor. Well, the elected... Person elected in Alabama. You know, I mean, I I said this last week, but, you know, my friend McKee, I'm going to keep quoting her. She says, you know, when you read these things about Alabama, she's from Mississippi. She said, Alabama just keeps making Mississippi look better. (laughs) Not that much all the time. I love my Alabama. There's a lot. of. Let me say something. I I do want to say something because there are stupid, bigot, asshole Everywhere they're here in California. We've read, uh, about, so it's not you. say okay, Alabama, Mississippi, or whatever. But I have played both of those states many, many times, and there are so many good people there who are there trying to make a change. And uh, I'll just say right now, vote for Mike Espy in Mississippi, y'all. Vote for Mike Espy. I worked his campaign last year. Vote for Mike Espy there.
1: And it is, you know, we are from the South, so of course we're harder on the South, but we're the people who left. And and it is incredibly difficult the work that people are doing to open minds and to fight for equality in Texas and across the South for undocumented people, for queer people, for black people. The yes. history because of the Confederacy is more obvious, but yes, it certainly exists all
0: over the country. So obviously we rib the South because we love it. And we and we appreciate those who stayed involved. We absolutely do. And we, 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 we honor them and we say thank you.
1: All right, this next story, y'all, I'm going to include these every week as long as it continues because it is important to say these women's names. Violence against trans Americans continues. Cameron Breon, a 27-year-old black twins woman, trans woman was shot to death in her hometown of Pompano Beach, Florida, Friday night. She was found lying on the ground and pronounced dead at the scene. Broward County detectives are investigating and ask that anyone with information contact them. They don't know anything. At the same time, in Louisiana, black trans woman, Shaky Peters, a 32-year-old, was found dead Wednesday near Baton Rouge. The St. Helena Parish, Parish Sheriff's Office, which misgendered her in its report, which makes it so much harder for the community to even know that this person has been murdered, uh it's investigating her death as a homicide and has identified a person of interest but no names of suspects have been released yet Natalie natalie nia falk a friend of peter's who is also a black trans woman remembered her fondly saying shaky was a very independent person and very loyal to her friends she was full of laughter and an abundance of life and a third black trans woman Drea mccarty of hammond louisiana was found dead in baton rouge in the past week Police have so far not ruled her death a homicide, according to Louisiana trans advocates. But the group released a statement calling for local and state leaders to speak out against these killings, against the ongoing systemic devaluation of trans people that pervades our media and politics, and against the institutional racism that places almost all of this burden on trans women of color, as we mourn the loss of shaky Andrea We must double down our efforts to ensure that all trans people across the state have access to safety. These make the 19th and 20th death of trans women this year. And it ties back to what we talked about the other day, HUD fighting against uh, homeless trans women. Trans women are attacked from so many different angles and limited in so many opportunities. We We will keep telling these stories and saying these names while we fight for solutions on the myriad issues that affect them specifically.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So we're, we're just a little bit lighter news. And okay. We want your thoughts on this one. All right. Uh, yeah. No
1: way in. We didn't, we're not listing the comments.
0: We want your thoughts. And okay. But Bobby, Bobby Sargent uh, asked if he, he said he doesn't have Venmo. You can, you can go to PayPal. He said he has PayPal. So that uh, ever sort put that, uh, that uh, PayPal address up. Uh, later on in the show. So, I was saying, so once again, from Reddit, a guy who was unemployed since the pandemic crisis is considering going to work for his former Dom. He explains that he hooked up with this tall, muscular, and hung Dom a while back and broke things off because the Dom is married. Uh, but they found each other on Adam. Uh, for Adam, and started chatting again, he says he immediately tells me that he is looking for an assistant to work for his company and that he could pay me a decent salary when I look uh, for a new role. He uh, complains that uh, everyone who applies is an idiot and knows that I am smart enough to do the job. So it gets complicated, though, because the Dom also mentioned the possibility of sex in the workplace. The man said he insists that we could fool around sparingly if the opportunity arose, uh, but that it wouldn't wouldn't be required, and uh, it's not going to be in that job description. And he primarily wants to hire me because he thinks I'm smart enough to do the job. To quote him, uh, "No, I actually need to fill the role. I know you can do this, which makes my life better. Maybe the sex does, or it doesn't happen." But I need someone, regardless. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, Reddit responses ran the full gamut. Uh, some said no. Some said, "What the hell? What do you have to lose?" Um, and uh, he, someone. This is a fun quote. He, he's trying to hire you, so he can has an easily accessible fleshlight at work.
1: <laughs> so, what do y'all think he should do? I have some questions. Like, does he sign two contracts? Like an assistant employment contract and a sub dom rules and regulations contract. And then also if he's, you know, berating you, is he berating you as the assistant or is he berating you as the master? You know, how do you know? Do you ask like, am I in trouble sexually or am I in trouble because I didn't make the right number of copies of this document?
0: And does this just happen when you get your work done? You know, right? When...
1: <laughs> I know. Like, is it? Oh, do you get a spanking when you get do your job badly, and do you also get a spanking when you do your job well? I here's some thoughts. John Michael said he's a smart dom. Smart doms are sexy as hell. Well, so is
0: he? So who who that who you just put up there was sexy as hell too? Yeah. Uh, Todd said, "Never screw coworkers." Uh, that should be on a T-shirt, Todd. Uh, never screw coworkers.
1: But, like, one in five people have had a relationship that started at work. Um, Victor said I'd starve first. I don't think I would. I'll be honest, Victor. I think that I would accept this awkward position before I actually starved.
0: Uh, I think what I would do is I would say, okay, Dom, let's just call him Dom. Um, I want you to know that I want the job and I want the sex to be on my terms, and we'll just we'll just see, and then I'll say, okay. I've, I mean, I'm done with then, that report. I finished that Excel uh, sheet, and I I want a little break, or not? I know, but it's that's how the whole problem though.
1: That's like if two people are just want to fuck at work, but if this is a dumb well,
0: the role play, then you say, okay, I'm giving you permission, and then like, Ooh! oh. Yeah, then you go into it.
1: I get it. Arthur said, set up a lawsuit. Linda said, red flag. I mean, yes, a whole lot of flags. Rick said, I was the personal assistant of one. They are difficult to work for. I mean, it (laughs) does make sense that a dom would be difficult.
0: Yes.
1: Um, Hold on. And then John said, hell yes, my last two lovers were pianists Hard. See, lots of people. Because... If you're not at bars or on the apps, you know, where one of the places you, it's like you meet people at church, at work, at knitting circles or quilting bees.
0: I've never been to either one of those Emerson, but okay. Well, you know, I was
1: just giving options. I read about a quilting circle the other day and it was on my mind. And then Joe said, where do I apply for this job? Right, <laughs> Joe. <See? laughs> we got the full range. All right. Well, that was fun, and uh, maybe he'll update, and we'll get a we'll get a yeah. we'll get a version
0: of how it's going. I mean, um, the, the first mistake is that you you got a job offer on Adam for Adam. That's that's that's, that's like that's the first red flag.
1: Be like, is there also a LinkedIn for this? I might feel a little more comfortable. All right, for our next one, I just found this sort of amusing uh, and surprising to share. Um. I know it's hard to read. Y'all could zoom it in later. But Shane Company, the fabled jeweler who provides diamonds and gold for hundreds of same-sex weddings, celebrated pride by delving into their Google trends to compile some of the most popular LGBTQ movies broken down by states. I'll be honest, I was surprised. By far the most searched title was Beginners in 12 states. That was the late in life coming out story about which got Christopher Plummer an Academy Award. The second in five states was the normal heart. And of course, in Pennsylvania, the winner was obviously Philadelphia. But in <laughs> Texas, it was
0: not Sorted Lives. I just want to say. I
1: totally- I'll be honest. I feel like it was a little askewed. Maybe because Sorted Lives fans don't need to search it. They already know. They own
0: it. They own they it. Own it. Yeah, They're
1: still buying DVDs from your merch store. That's Can't right. they get those right now? What's that? Can they still get those from oh, your yeah. merch
0: store? Thank you, Emerson. <laughs> yeah, dellshores.com and the slash shop. And yes, you can get all of those, uh, all the titles there.
1: Um, but if but if people were curious, because sorry, I realized that graphic was real small. Um, some others that like, Can You Forgive Me, uh, The Children's Hour. Multiple like three different appearances for that original lesbian love story. Blue is the Warmest Color, up several times,
0: Tangerine.
1: It was definitely like a full gamut uh, of queer kinds of films, which I thought was kind of fun.
0: So uh, it's a little short story, but uh, Sir Elton John is being honored with an official UK coin. And he says it is one of the most fabulous honors to be recognized in this way. The last few years have contained so many memorable moments of my career, and this is another truly humbling milestone in my journey. He also became the first living musician to be on a Royal Mail stamp. Uh, the coins are available to be ordered now and many are limited editions. So look at that. Look how cute those are.
1: I mean, that's impressive to get your own limited edition money.
0: Yeah, and look at what the, the The hat has the rainbow. It's, it's great. With a little bow tie.
1: He was like, I don't want my face. He said, make it artsy. So you two can own limited, you can pay money to own Elton John money.
0: There you go. So-
1: some super fans out there that will enjoy that. Um, And then finally, sorry, I'm I'm changing all the screens to get those things happen. Uh, A fun share, you know, 15 years ago, Patrick Ian Polk's series, Noah's Ark, brought ground and made history as the first series centered around a group of black gay men. It was also Logo's very first scripted series. It aired for two seasons and they originally made the pilot completely independently. It played film festivals and then Logo bought it and reshot it as two separate episodes. Well, Sunday night, they gathered for a virtual reunion and created a whole new episode for those beloved characters entitled Noah's Ark, The Rona Chronicles that they filmed and broadcast. You can still see it on Patrick Ian Polk's YouTube. And I watched it the other day. And no, I didn't see Noah's Ark during the original airing. I watched it years later because I had just moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, while it was airing. And it was before, even before we did Sorted Lives, the series.
0: Yeah, it was. It was right before we did uh, the series. Um, makes me think that we need to do Sorted, sorted Isolation, just see what Sissy's doing. And I, I feel like that if they were in isolation that Roger would be the, the person just running around delivering all the groceries with a mask and cigarettes, just the cigarettes to everybody. Um, Yes.
1: Um, John, you can just search, if you just search Noah's Ark on YouTube, you can pull it up. They left the stream up, but they like shot it at their homes. There was Daryl Stevens um, uh, doing it all again. So it was just really exciting. And I was thinking about in our current context, we talk about the early series that were really important after Queers Folk and Will and Grace and how important Noah's Ark was as the first representation of black queer people, you know, interacting with each other, not as like the token character. Oh
0: yes, Todd Ward and Rick and Steve. Yeah, Rick and Steve. That was uh, they. They did. They did a thing. That someone sent me the other day the top series on Logo, and uh, we actually made that list. And uh, Rick and Steve, our, our good friends, series was on there. I uh, uh, like Al Williams said, if it's not too much trouble, Dale, could you please write a sorted Christmas story? Oh yeah. Hey, I'll be right back. Just gonna we'll get make, right to that if trouble at all. I'll just go write that right now. Uh, um
1: hey if y'all have any final comments or questions we even managed to get through right on time yeah them up we'll answer any final thoughts on your mind and again one more time if you want to donate or uh contribute a little to our funding special thanks to allison busby and to victor roberts and ted barnett for your contributions y'all i keep the, the i get notifications right here during the show you can venmo us on uh to, at emerson collins or on paypal again Beard, Colin Shores, productions at gmail.com. You know, we joke and we do love doing this, um, but we are realistically out of work and staring down the rest of the year. Um, that probably some of the last things that will open is film production, theater production, which we were planning to do so much of this year. So we are really grateful to the dollars that you send to support us uh, bringing you the news and nonsense twice a week. Yeah. And I want to
0: say, something, I mean, I, I, there's so many people, and, and not to single anybody out more importantly than the other, but Allison does these amazing Instagram posts that I can just share. And she plugs all of our shit. And I want to thank her for that. And not only that, but she ordered the whole set of the caricatures and had supported all those theaters. So Allison, thank you so much.
1: And she donates, she sends us a tip almost once a week.
0: Like she's on it. Jason
1: um, asked, what was the total donations for the theaters? Uh, so the, the direct donations were over $50,000. We wrote out a check to all 23 theaters for $2,092 already for
0: part one. And, and we at least uh, with the auction, with the big auction with Charity Buzz, uh, our part was almost $20,000 to distribute. I just did another auction and it's probably around 2,500 more there. And then we have the prize.io. You can go prize.io.com sorted lives and still do that until the end of the month. And that's going to be another $4,000. So we are going to be able to give every single theater another grand, more than another grand. And we're so, we're just so thrilled that all of you were so generous and uh, it's, it's, it's a sad time for theaters y'all. And if you, I, the other day I said, what was the last play that you saw on my Instagram? Celebrate those plays because we have to get them back. But until we do, you have to support those theaters, please. That, that's, I would not be sitting here and in I would not have a career and I would not know Emerson Collins if it weren't for theater.
1: Yep. Well, all right, y'all. Thank you for joining us on this Tuesday afternoon, evening. We will be back on Friday with more of the news and nonsense. Thank you for your tips. Thank you for attending. The money is not an obligation. We are grateful and really it means a lot that so many of you show up and uh, comment along. We love it. And if you're watching the broadcast after the fact, we're grateful for you for uh, tuning in as well. We will see you on Friday. Stay safe. Bye y'all.